When our dreams die, we're tempted to ask, how can this be? Can anything good come from this? Peter experienced the death of a dream and it had him reeling. Jesus had told him that he had rightly identified Jesus as Messiah, son of God. Peter was blessed. This hadn't come to him by his own thinking. It was a revelation of the father. And Jesus told him that on this revelation, he was going to build his church. Peter would play a central role in that. What a dream. And then it happened. Jesus continued in the dialogue and said, I'm going to Jerusalem. I will suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law. I will be killed and on the third day raised to life. Peter's going like, no, no, no. I don't even know if Peter heard the last part of what Jesus said, at least the part about being raised from the dead, because death is never part of what you dream. This is not what messiahs do, die. And maybe that's how it is for us sometimes. We have a part of God's picture for us, but not the full picture. And very quickly, we interject our own thinking, not God's revelation, not God's ways, not God's perspective, our perspective and our own desires. Jesus said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. It's one thing to be rebuked in front of your peers. It's another thing to be identified with Satan. You got to know this stung. I'm sure it's stuck in Peter's mind for a long time. Can anything good come from death? Today is Good Friday. It's all about death. And yet, it's a celebration. Think about how unexpected, how unusual that is. We don't like to think about death, let alone talk about it. And yet, death is in our face every day right now, isn't it? The news leads with it. Today in British Columbia, we have 25 new cases of COVID-19, four deaths. In Canada, we have so many cases of COVID-19 and so many deaths. And so it goes on, the United States, Italy, Spain, France. I think we're getting numb to the numbers and yet deep down we know that each number represents a life, a life in relationship with other people. So when there's death, there's significant grief. And I think we're all grieving because we're all experiencing the death of something important to us. The death of a way of life, death of a grad that's not gonna happen, the playoffs we don't get to play, the trips we had to cancel, the job that we've lost, the business we've had to close, death of dreams. Death hurts, and so it's natural to avoid it. And this is what makes the death of Jesus so remarkable. He walked towards it. We've been reading the Gospel of John today, and earlier in John chapter 13, at the end of it, Jesus tells his disciples, that he's only going to be with them a little while longer and where he's going, they cannot come. Peter says to him, why can't I follow you? Like I will lay my life down for you. Jesus replies to Peter, will you lay your life down for me? I tell you the truth, before the rooster crows three times, you will disown me. You've heard of the denial of Peter three times, just like Jesus said. Some people call Peter a coward, I think not. In the garden, there was a legion of soldiers, skilled, armed soldiers that were trained, coming to take Jesus. In that setting, Peter draws his sword to fight. That's not cowardice. No, it's something else that put Peter off. As Peter draws his sword, Jesus tells him, put your sword away. See, it's when God does something that we don't expect, when he behaves in a way different than we think he should behave. It puts us out of sorts, and Peter is out of sorts now. As Jesus is arrested, Peter is in a spiritual battle. And in a battle, in combat, when the enemy can put you off balance, he has you at a disadvantage. Peter's at a disadvantage. He's off balance. 
and Satan wants to sift him. It all happens so fast. I don't know him. Again, 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 and then weeping. Peter will have to die. He'll have to die to his shadow mission. He will have to die to his failures. He will need to see, as we need to see, that death can lead to life. If life is only what we see with our naked eye, then death is the worst. It's so final. Atheist professor Will Provine at least was honest in his view of death from his perspective. There are no gods, no purposeful forces of any kind, no life after death. When I die, I am absolutely certain that I am going to be completely dead. That's just all. That's going to be the end of me. There is no ultimate foundation for ethics, no ultimate meaning in life, and no free will for humans either. But Jesus taught and modeled a different kingdom that exists outside of this natural world. It gives a completely different meaning to death. On the cross, Jesus looked like a total loser, a great disappointment, a fraud. Can anything good come from death? In Jesus, yes. The scriptures tell us his death was so purposeful. Jesus died so that he could render the devil powerless, Hebrews 2.14. Jesus died so that he could bring us to God, 1 Peter 3.18. Jesus died so that he could present us holy and blameless before God, Colossians 1.22. Jesus died so that he could be the Lord of both the dead and the living, Romans 14.9. Jesus died so that those who believe in him can escape the coming wrath, experience his salvation, and forever be with Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 9 and 10. I mean, if all these things are true, no wonder we celebrate this day as Good Friday. There's one more thing that we are told Jesus died for, so that we would no longer live for ourselves. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 15. There is a death that God wants to bring us through that will lead to life, a death to our self-aspirations, our self-will, our self-desires, a death to telling God what he should be like and how he should operate, a death to making Jesus of our own creation. As Peter will learn, it's also a death to our past. For Peter, it was failure, self-inflicted. For us, it can be things that have been inflicted by others, pains, wounds, disappointment, even circumstantial, like the current virus that we're going through. All these things can be brought to the place of death at the cross and find ourselves moving through that death to a place of life. Peter's story involves the death of a dream, it resulted in personal upheaval, spiritual battle, failure, disappointment. But in the end, he was brought through. Peter can dream again, and so can you. As we put to death those things that need to die, we are ready to live again. We're going to celebrate communion today, but before we do, we're going to immerse ourselves in a song of surrender. I invite you to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you as you ask him, what things do I need to bring to the cross and leave there to be put to death so that I can more fully live Jesus in the dream that you have for me? We are now going to take the time to celebrate communion, also known as the Lord's Supper. Jesus gave this to his followers as an institution to remember what Christ has done for them and also to look forward to his coming again. I hope that today as we've meditated, looked at the death of Jesus Christ, that your heart is filled with gratitude. And we want to let that sink deep into our being as we partake of the element of the bread and the cup. If you're not familiar with communion, the bread represents the body of Jesus Christ, broken for us. The, the cup represents his blood shed for us. This purchased our forgiveness, purchased a new way of life for us, paved the way for us to come into a right relationship with Jesus. 
This is to be taken by all those who consider themselves to be followers of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to read the scripture, and then I'm going to partake of the communion. If you would like to partake along with me, feel free to do that. If you would like to put the video on pause after I've read the scriptures and take communion together with others that you may be together with and to pray with one another, feel free to do that as well. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul talks about what we are celebrating right now, the Lord's Supper, and he says this, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Take the bread, and we eat it. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's take the cup together. Father, we want to thank you that death is not the final word because of what you've done for us. We thank you and praise you for the death of Jesus Christ, and we thank you for his resurrection. Lord, we want to celebrate all that you are, all that you've done for us. May our lives be lived out now in gratitude towards you. In Jesus' name, amen. I invite you now to respond in worship as we continue in song and music. <laughs> 